Welcome to Ship City, the greatest Boston sports podcast this side of the 495, made for the most passionate fan base in the entire world. I'm your host, Connor, joined by my good pal, Aaron, and we're here to break down what's been happening with our favorite sports teams. From Pats to Celtics to Sox and Bruins, we're giving you the fan perspective on all things Boston sports. It's our fucking podcast. Let's go. Welcome. It's the first episode. <laughs> it is. Uh, so if you haven't heard our uh, movie podcast, The Film Box, one, go check that out. And two, I mean, it's us again. We're here. We're back again. We're doing a different thing. <laughs> we got other hobbies. We got other interests. We do. We do. Um, and also, I just we wrote the intro. And I still, when you when you were saying it, I thought you said from pass from past to Red Sox. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> Pats, Pats to Red Sox. <sighs> oh boy! So this is uh, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. So a little background: Aaron and I, we are pretty big Boston sports fans, primarily yes, Celtics and uh, Red Sox for the both of us. Aaron is a Patriots fan. I am a Patriots hater. Yep. Um, I'm a Colts fan, so we we won't, we aren't talking about them. We're talking about how fun the Pats have been this season. Yeah. And we both are admittedly not big hockey guys, but is our promise to change that? Yes. Look, I love watching hockey. And I could watch a Boston Bruins game all night, but uh, as as you whip your Boston Red Sox hat, it landed Jack, on perfectly. The couch, it did, um, but I just don't. I just don't watch. I just don't watch a ton of Bru- like they are like probably fourth on my like ranking of what I would watch on a given sports night. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I do enjoy watching Bruins, so it's not like I, I'm just like staunchly against it. I just don't watch it a lot. Yeah, I'd say I'm in the same boat. Basketball, baseball is my number one sport, then basketball, and then there's a pretty sizable gap, and then hockey and football are kind of they're the same. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a Colts fan. There's not a whole lot of like, I if I'm watching them, I have to yo ho ho in a bottle of rum it, but um. <laughs> I mean, hockey. What does that even mean? <laughs> what does what? I gotta, I gotta you just do drown some, your sorrows away. No, I gotta, I gotta search for links for games. Hmm. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, I understand now. I understand. Um, no. So the way this this podcast is gonna work is, um. We're going to, you know, talk, every week we're going to recap what's going on in the major Boston sports. We're going to talk, have some debates, have some fun, talking about each of our favorite, and I guess in Connor's favorite, not so favorite, or in Connor's, you know, ideas, ideology. Um, we're going to play some games. We're going to, you know, have some bits and segments. Um, Most importantly, we're going to talk ball. Yeah, exactly. And so that's how this is going to go. And I think... We should just jump right into it with our first little segment here. Um, First one. And we're uh, just just to get the palette wet a little bit. And this is something I'm going to lead along called Baseball Trivia because I don't have a better name for it yet. 
Uh, so right here next to me, I've got a magical box of, of baseball trivia. And um, there's 300 of these cards. So I'm going to uh, be pulling a question or two or three and testing Connor's baseball knowledge. Since he, <laughs> is, he, he does say he is a big baseball fan. Baseball fan, not a not a know it all. I'm not Bill James or well or uh, Peter Gammons. We're gonna see. So the way this is gonna work, there's a according to this the directions on this box, there are five different kinds of questions that I could get. I could give you. There's a who am I, um, which you have to ask me questions and I have to say yes or no until you can guess who this the random baseball player is. Okay. Um, there's anagrams, which I probably won't give you too many of those, uh, on a, on an audio format podcast. <laughs> Good. Uh, there's general trivia, there's fact or fiction, so you gotta tell me if it's fact or fiction. And there's, uh, nicknames, so you're gonna have to identify the sports star by their nicknames. Alright? Okay, I think I could do that. Uh, so, I'm gonna start us off, I'm just gonna pull a random card out of the box here. Let's see. Nope, don't want to do that one, because that's going to be tough right off the bat. I'm going to pull a different one out of the box. <laughs> um, all right, we'll start with this. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, whose nickname is Mr. October? Reggie Jackson. That is correct. Easy. Easy one to start with. Um, we'll do this one. This is a who am I. So you get to ask me a series of questions. And I respond with yes or no until you can guess who it is. Okay. Um, fielder or pitcher? Fielder. It's also yes or no questions. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I, I kind of zoned out because I was thinking of the question. Okay. Um, am I currently playing? No. Did I play in the 90s? Uh, maybe very you, briefly. You gotta look it up, brother. <laughs> I might have to look it up. Uh, let's see. It's bad that I don't know this. It's your game. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. let's see. Um, yes. Played yes, I 90s. did. I did play in the 90s. Did you play in the American League? Ah, oh, yeah, for a long time, yes. Did you play in the American League East? Yes. Are you Cal Ripken Jr.? You are not. I am not Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> Did you play for the Red Sox? Yes. And again, this is not just Red Sox trivia. This is just random trivia. This was like the first card I pulled. Did you play in the outfield? Yes. So Mo Vaughn? It is not Mo Vaughn. Um, outfield, 90s. I was born in 99, so this era of baseball just does <laughs> not exist to me. Um, I will give you, he did not play for the Red Sox in the 90s. Did he play for the Red Sox before the 90s? No. His first year in the league was 93. Outfielder. 
did he retire in the 2000s? Um, what do you mean by 2000s? Like from 2000 to 2009. Uh, no, but so, basically. So did he retire in like 2010 or 2013? Yeah, okay. pretty much. Outfielder. So did they win a World Series with the Red Sox? Yes. Okay. Um, part of the I'm guessing they were part of the 04 team outfielder. Is it Trot Nixon? It is not Trot Nixon. Is it Gabe Kapler? It is not Gabe Kapler. <laughs> oh my god! Um, you are missing a pretty big one, my guy. Is it Manny? Yeah, it is. It's Manny. <laughs> Okay. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, all right. I'll pull one more. See if I can get a general trivia. Oh, I did. <laughs> this is good. Uh, as of 2020, how many World Series have the Chicago Cubs lost? <laughs> Again, I don't know baseball history that well. Well, let's see what you got. How many have they lost? I'm just going to guess. Because they had their curse as well as the Sox. I'm just going to guess that they lost three. You would be incorrect. You're off by five. They lost eight. <laughs> oh, boy. So that is baseball trivia. And now that we've kind of wet our palates. Um that's Do you true. want to move into the, the main segment socks. of this? The Socks Talks? Is that what you're calling it? Let's Talk Socks. Ah, all right. Let's Talk Socks. So, the big... Socks aren't playing now, as we are all aware. Um, And they happen to fire their chief baseball officer, Heim Bloom. Uh, I think it was in September. Mm-hmm. We are now almost at the end of October. We got nothing. And it's been bad. <laughs> it's been bad. Nobody. So let me. I'm just going to go down a little list of people who haven't even wanted to interview, let alone take a job, just interview. Um, so I guess it was most recent. Uh, Kim Ng. She was mm-hmm. formal, former general manager. Formal. formal. Ge- the former general manager. <laughs> general manager of the Miami Marlins. Sam Fold, who's the current Phillies GM, as well as Brandon Gomes, Dodgers GM. These two are my 1A and 1B picks. Uh, Michael Hill, he was the former Marlins uh, head op, before, and now he works for uh, MOB. John Daniels, he was the former Rangers GM, currently works for the Rays. Uh, Derek Falvey, he's the president of baseball ops for the Twins. Uh, familiar name, Mike Hazen. Don't want He got a little extension from the Diamondbacks to stay on as their GM, mm. as well as his right-hand man, uh, Emil Sade. And then internally, Raquel Ferreira declined 
or I think she talked to them, but uh, took her name out, family reasons, uh, and as well as uh, James Click, who apparently had the conversation and then said, no, thank you. This is not. Uh, the people who have at least taken an interview. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> That's an extensive list of notes. It's extensive. Uh, we've got former Pirates general manager Neil Huntington. Whoa. Twins general manager Thad Levine. Cubs assistant GM Craig Breslow. Uh, Eddie Romero, who is assistant GM of our good old Sox, as well as Mike Rootman. And the VP of Amateur Scouting, Paul Taboni. And recently it came out that Gabe Kapler, recently fired manager of the San Francisco Giants, was interviewing for our head baseball uh, position. Man, we really know how to pick them. Do you know how it's not even like – I'm not even upset – I don't even think I'm depressed that we, I think we've cleared out like the A tier options or like the S tier options. We've cleared out the A tier options. To be honest, I think we cleared out the B tier options (laughs) and we are left with, we are left with respect for Swill. I mean, anyone named Thad is immediately. <laughs> I'm, I'm doubting a little bit. Like Neil Huntington was the Pirates GM when I think in his reign they only had like three wild card appearances. Mm. You yeah, might. That's what you want. Yeah, you might know him. He's the one who traded Tyler Glass now. Um, well, uh, Austin Meadows, Shane Boz for Chris Archer. As well as trading Garrett Cole away for Joe Musgrove. Nice. So, some real a real winner here. Real, real winner, yeah. And then, um, you know, to to really sum it up, a lot of the issues have come in with like the, the these guys that are declining all these interviews. These top tier dudes are like and women. Well, one and women, yes, and women. They're like, one, we don't want to come into a place that's fired their GM three times in a row after four straight years. Doing exactly what was asked of them. Which, like, uh, going, like, look, in, in my opinion, like, Heim, I don't think he was the guy for the job, really. Like, yes, he knew how to build a farm system, and he did a good job at it. Although, a lot of our recent high picks have been from previous wasn't Dombrowski drafted like a lot of the guys that are in the majors right now from our farm system well yeah but that's close to that's just a timing thing it is but like you know he he's he should have been like the guy for that he didn't i don't think he was good enough to be he wasn't the guy to be the head of baseball operations but that that's exactly why they hired him they hired him to rebuild a farm system to cut payroll and while doing that somehow compete in like an AL East that like I I'm pretty sure even we finished last place up until September we would have won the American League Central mm-hmm. like it's it's a cutthroat division mm-hmm. um yeah I'm got I I liked time um I didn't but 
Duality of man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you either like him or you don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like Bluminati levels of liking him, but I think Are he's... Are sh- Onion levels of liking him? No. Uh, I thought you should have at least gotten like an off-season where they're like, okay, you got us under the luxury tax. We're in a good position with the farm system. Go make a move. Go make a splash. Go get like your frontline starter. Because it was very clear from the minute they hired him and they told him, hey, man, you need to trade Mookie Betts. Yeah, he was going to end up being a scapegoat down the He line. was going to be a scapegoat. 100%. But the problem I have with him is that he was also, like, when the team was in position to make run, make a run, he was unwilling to make moves. Like, two yeah. straight trade deadlines where the team had a chance to make some sort of run if they just got something to bolster their team. He did nothing. And I mean, if, last year he traded away um, traded, our catcher. Which, that was honestly one of his best moves, though. Yeah, like, getting, but like... Like, because Vasquez did f- diddly squat with, like, the Astros. Like, they traded him to be a backup. Mm-hmm. And they gave us, we'll, we'll get to it maybe a bit later, potentially a starting right fielder and potentially a starting second baseman next year. Mm-hmm. Um. But I th- yeah. my problem with the deadline is, to that point, he didn't pick a direction and right. commit That's to it. Right, the problem. Because, like, this year, I think it was kind of clear that this team, especially the rotation, which, you know, to be, I guess to be fair to the argument, kind of his fault for not really uh, getting enough guys for, who could, For like, signing Corey Kluber. <laughs> yeah. Um. But at the same time, it's like, okay, your rotation right now is Brian Bale, uh, half of James Paxton, and, and like Bernardino as an opener. Yeah, that's it. Mixing and in Cutter. Cutter. Yeah, Cutter Crawford. It's Who just, actually did pretty solid. He's good. I like Cutter. He should not have been thrust in that position as being like our number three in the rotation. Yeah. With the rest of, with the back half being. Openers. openers and then and then uh bullpens yeah so i think i think the deadlines did him in but anyway regardless there was i think a path in play or at least a vision in place where you could see okay he did what he needed to do got under the payroll farm system that you can now trade from and feel like comfortable with and then they fired him with Dombrowski, he literally built the one of the best Red Sox teams like in our young lives we've seen. Like that team just steamrolled through the playoffs. And yep. then ownership it all this comes down to ownership. Ownership didn't like that they gave Chris Sale an extension and Nate Avaldi an extension. And they just said, Hey man, go fucking kick rocks. Yeah, fired him mid season like, twenty nineteen. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's and and then yeah. even going before that, Ben Sherrington did exactly pretty much what Heim was doing. And they were like, Hey man, that's nice and all, but we're gonna we're gonna hire Dave Dombrowski to be your boss now. You've done nothing wrong. We but we just lo- we just <laughs> like him more. And yep. like left. So yep. that that's one reason why no one really wants to work here and then the other reason that that it's come out is that like the i guess quote-unquote baggage of 
having to come in with a partially constructed coaching staff already. Like Cora guaranteed. Well, it's, it's the coach. A lot of his staff is coming back as well. It's the coaching staff and everyone else in the front office. Yep. Like, yep. like you have no, you're basically coming into a sinking ship and saying, okay, here you go. <laughs> well, I don't think it's like as like desperate. It's like, cause it's, we're in a good position where I feel like at worst, this is like a 500 team mm-hmm. with like a top 10 farm system with payroll flexibility. The thing is, it's like, hey, we're going to hire you to be our general manager. You're not allowed to bring any anyone you want to work with in because we already have those positions filled. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Alex Cora in place who has hinted many times that he sees himself like entering a front office role in the near future. So you've got your own manager breathing down your neck. You've got zero ability to like add like your own GM, assistant GMs, because yeah, all staff. those lieutenant positions are filled. And then you have an ownership group, which credit to them, since they took taken over four World Series wins. But they're the most like I don't even know the best way to say it. It's just they course correct hot and cold like they'll spend and it's like oh no 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 uh we don't want to spend we got to cut like all of our salary uh and we don't think you're the guy to do that so we're not even going to give you the opportunity you're gone right right so i mean like out of this bunch and Mm -hmm. uh sean mcdad sean mcadams of mass live he's been saying that there's more yeah Aaron's nodding. Uh, he works for Mass Live. Not as a reporter. I'm not not as, a reporter. Uh, no. <laughs> I gotta clarify that right off the bat. I am. I am not a sports reporter at Mass Live. I have no affiliation. <laughs> I work on the business end. <laughs> he, he and Sean McAdams like this. We hang out. We're yeah. We're. I actually. I. I do. Uh, I'm not gonna. Get yeah. Into they, it. You Anyways, don't have to. Not gonna get into it on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, they're saying that there's a couple more requests that they're waiting to hear back from. Um. Mm-hmm. A name I've seen kind of pop up, not like with any ties, but uh, Sig Maidal. He has been, um, he was one of the architects of like the Astros rebuild. Who's, I think, um, I got to look up his name. Uh, He's basically the Orioles GM right-hand man, Mm -hmm. Mike Elias. Um, But he's like one of the smartest dudes. Um super analytical which that you know that's that's my bread and butter i'm an analytics guy Mm -hmm. um yeah mike elias that's his right hand man um and then josh burns he is like a vp with the dodgers one of the few he also has ties to the red sox he was with uh the theo crew um he has experience he was like the general manager for the uh Padres before kind of taking this role with the Dodgers that's those are like I honestly feel like long shots given everything we know yeah so I mean of this bunch does anyone stand out not really I mean yeah it's slim pickings yeah like I in a long shot I can talk myself into Craig Breslow Mm -hmm. just because he's uh, he's like the president or he's like the head of their pitching development over in uh, Chicago. 
Super smart dude. Super like, smart. Highly intelligent. And every time you hear Craig Bresler's name brought up, it's always followed by he went to Yale. That's all yeah. you need to know. <laughs> Famous Yale grad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let me uh, let me ask you this. You know, since uh, since the Red Sox don't have a GM, mm-hmm. let's put ourselves into the GM spot. Okay. And let's 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 talk about what our our best off season would be for the Red Sox because we kind of we 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 planned this out ahead of time, mm-hmm. and we we put together uh, a few bullet points each of what our best moves would be if we were GMs co GMs I guess of of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, so Connor, why don't you why don't you give us your number one point? And I think I know where this is going. Yeah. So it's no surprise Red Sox need pitching. Every single fan of every single team has this guy circled. Signing Yoshinobu Yamamoto from Japan is my top priority. Since this is a hypothetical, it's not my money, I do not care what it takes. He is 25, and I think he's won the Triple Crown overseas like three straight years, four straight years. Yeah, he's insane. He's that dude. If it's, he had like a wouldn't he have like a one point two ERA this last season? Like yeah. just through a no hitter. Uh good friends with Masataka Yoshida as well. Which mm-hmm. I also I also so. saw a story that came out. Um most Jap- uh Japan players they don't like having like other uh Japanese players on their team as like there's a little competition there. Mm-hmm. He is not like that. He welcomes it. He likes having like he wants to have like not a friend someone on the team. Yeah, but someone, someone like, who can relate to. Yeah, and it was conven- very conveniently uh, placed with a picture of him and Yoshida hugging after uh, the World uh, Baseball Classic. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I'd give him a two forty, like thirty mil a year, like sight unseen. That's mm-hmm. how. That's how much I believe. Um. Yeah. So my first point is very similar, except my my strategy would be to be a bit more aggressive. Uh, first off, you let Paxton walk. Oh yeah, in in my hypothetical, I'm not resigning anyone. Yeah, not even yet, Turner. So. Okay, well we'll talk about that. Um, so you let let Paxton walk, and you sign two, sign any two of these the following players, and hopefully the the hope is that the number one guy is Yamamoto. You bring him in, in the event that you don't. Here's some options. So you sign Yamamoto, you sign Aaron Nola, you sign Blake Snell, or you sign Lucas Giolito. So in the in the vein of you sign two of those guys, mm-hmm. hopefully your Yamamoto comes in to be like ace. maybe your 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 yeah your ace or you know in the first year he comes in to be like your second guy or third guy. Yeah, I and, mean, if we're being completely honest, that is just more like the ace is more just like a title. Yeah. It's like once the um rotation starts like going through, the order mm-hmm. really does not matter. Guys will get extra days mm-hmm. off, injuries. Yep. So yep. Yeah. So hopefully you bring him in. Obviously you've got Sale and Bayo. And then you bring if you can bring in a guy like Nola or Blake Snell, then that rounds out the top half of your rotation mm-hmm. nicely, and you can slot a guy like Bayo in towards the bottom while he's still developing. 
even though he's had a year in the majors, he's st- you can still give him that time. He doesn't have to like have all that pressure up front. Mm-hmm. Or you get a guy like Giolito who will slot in at the bottom of your rotation and bump everyone up a little bit. You know, Giolito can be that guy who can just, you know, he's serviceable in the back half of a rotation. But you got to rebuild it. You got to send one of Hauk or Crawford back to the bullpen and get two guys who are established starting pitchers who can really play for you. Well, it's funny you say that because my number two move is in, okay. the, it's in the same vein. Um, fuck, what's the dude's name? Um, nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I should know this uh, because he used to work for the Red Sox for like half a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. No, that's not who I was. Yes, I am calling up Jerry Depoto. Okay, decision, I have no idea who that he's is. He's the decision maker over in Seattle. Yep. They've got a stable of young arms over there. Mm-hmm. I have it's there's two guys to target uh either Logan Gilbert or George Kirby. Yep. Uh I'm picking George Kirby for this matter. Uh just because younger, I think a bit more dynamic. Mm-hmm. I am trading for George Kirby and Marco Gonzalez. Okay. Take back That's his salary cuz he's making I think like 12 mil next year. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna help him out. I'm gonna take that contract and I'm gonna eat it. I shall be sending Tanner Houck, okay. Alex Verdugo, yep, Miguel Blaze, Sedan Rafaela, wow, and Luis Urias. Wow, you're really sending sending a lot of guys up. But I mean, picking up George Kirby that's a, that's a big win for the rotation. That's a bit. That's yeah, young controllable starter. I'm giving up two super promising outfield. Mm-hmm. Well, Rafaela, you could play him anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to be a plus defender. Yep. So I'm giving you Verdugo. He's ready to go right now. Fill in. Because um, yep. they're letting Teoscar walk, probably. Verdugo can fill that. He's probably going to make like nine mil with uh, arbitration. Yep. Giving you Urias. Fill that set. You need bats. Giving you a little second baseman with pop. Play mm-hmm. some okay defense. Serviceable. To replace one of the starters, I'm giving you Tanner Houck. Listen, Red Sox, they fired uh, Dave Bush for a reason. We did not develop pitchers at all. Horrible. I think Tanner Houck, it might be better for him to go someplace that can mm-hmm. actually help him. And I know we we're probably going to hire. Listen, I've heard Andrew Bailey's name be tossed out. He was a former reliever for the 2013 Red Sox. Uh, he was the pitching coach for the Giants, but now that they're kind of cleaning house, he's probably going to be on the market. Mm-hmm. Take him. Yeah, but I'll, I'm putting Hauk in a position to succeed, and then you're getting Miguel Blaze and Sedan. Sedan can help right away, but. Place is that lottery ticket. Yep. You probably have to um, give up more, to be honest. Maybe Urias has to become Nick York, but I want a young frontline starter as as well. It's an interesting move. I, I like that. That's very get, aggressive. You got to be aggressive and creative in this role. I did not go so aggressive with my second move. I actually I stayed internal, and it's interesting you said you're letting everyone walk. 
So my second choice for a good Red Sox offseason is you re-sign one of Turner or Duvall. Mm-hmm. One of those guys. Because obviously Turner's getting you know older. I don't know how long he's got left, but he still proved that he can play oh, this yeah. last year. He had a great season. And Duvall, had he not gotten hurt, he would have he could have been really, really good for us as well. Mm-hmm. So you re-sign one of those dudes to come back, and I think that helps a lot of your issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, either you get a solid bat who can play in the outfield, or you get a solid bat who can play DH and who loves the team, the team loves and who loves to be there. Yeah. So you really can't go wrong either way, but you only resign one of them. You can't, you, you don't bring back both. I think that's, that's a mistake. Yeah, I agree. I, in that scenario, I probably, I'd probably lean Duvall Mm -hmm. just because I think with Yoshida, you're probably going to want to mix him in with uh, at, DH at DH a bit more, yeah. even though I think he'll he's going to come back in better shape. I think having the World Baseball Classic and then adjusting to 162 games that's a lot. That's a lot, and he's not like a big guy either. So yeah, um, but still, I want to give him a bit more DH days in in that scenario because I've already traded or you haven't done it anything yet. But mm. Verdugo's gone, well, we'll, Rafael's we'll gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Duvall can man the outfield. Um, so my next move, kind of similar. Red Sox need some right-handed hitters. We're kind of leaning mm-hmm. towards a very left-handed heavy lineup with mm-hmm. uh, Duran coming back, Devers, Casas, Yoshida. So to fill that Justin Turner DH role, I am signing Reese Hoskins. Okay. He's come, okay. I can get behind that. He's coming off, I believe, a torn ACL, so he hasn't played. But I think they need a big bop of a righty bat. And I, yep. you have Cassis who could who is going to man first base. Um, but For if, the foreseeable future. <laughs> yes, but if you want to mix him... Mix him in at DH2, give him some rest. Reese can play. I think one of the better things that they've decided to do is try to have a DH who can also play the field. Because uh, I love I loved JD Martinez, but he was a rough outfielder. Um, So first baseman, DH, I got Reese Hoskins. Not bad. My, um, my third... And final move is actually kind of two moves in one, mm-hmm. but you I, like I doing kinda, that. You like doing, uh, I do. Yeah, I like throwing a little bit extra. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm gonna give you here are my three moves, but here's five players. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Um, so my step three of this plan is you trade Verdugo ASAP, mm-hmm. get rid of them. I don't care what it takes, what you have to give up, what you have to take on. Just get rid of him. He's not. I, I, look, I like the guy. He's not. He needs to be just, in a different environment. Yeah, he's when, not developing the way he we wanted him to. He's got an attitude. He doesn't stay motivated for a whole 162 games. Mm. We saw it this past season. It, 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 he's got to be somewhere that's like that's always contending. Because like in during that 2021 run he was great mm-hmm. 
it's just like it's like with Nick Castellanos when he's like, yeah, it's hard to stay motivated for like an entire 162. But once the playoffs come on, like, yeah, I'll be like one of the best defenders you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. We just he just has to be in that environment and yeah. Of no, I wouldn't say it's his fault, but it just hasn't been here. Yeah. Um, and then the second part of that, that's this step is to sign some sort of second baseman. Mm. I'm looking at the roster. They, they got nothing. So maybe you trade Verdugo for that. I don't know what that trade would look like. I went more towards the free agency route. Again, the Red Sox are going to contend they need to be willing to spend money. And if they're going to bring in a GM and telling them spend money, they got to spend the money. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying you sign, and I threw these names out here because this is who's on free agency this year. I think and I didn't want to go to high end, yeah. But I I threw out uh, Colton, Colton Wong, yeah, as an option, not an ideal, option, an option, or Whit Merrifield. That's who I had. Option. That was literally my. That next would be move. the preferred one. Yeah, was would be to sign Whit Merrifield to to man down that second baseman spot. Yeah, yeah, because that's that was also that was my next move. Um so you had four. <laughs> well, technically I had five. Because the, oh, <laughs> the other one. So sign Witt, maybe like a two-year deal. He's just yep. he's a placeholder. If Nick York is ready, you could bump Merrifield to the outfield, put him in a rotation. If, if Marcelo is ready, even better. But yeah. for now, he can man it. He could play a good second-base defense, something they just don't have. And then my, net, my last move... Uh, we need, as far as I know, we have one lefty in the bullpen, uh, mm-hmm. Brennan Bernardino. Mm-hmm. I'm signing Matt Moore. Uh, I think they should have gone after him a bit when he got uh, put on waivers by the Angels, but uh, mm-hmm. good lefty. I don't know why he keeps he keeps signing like one-year deals and having like pretty good years. So I'll give him like two, three years. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. So for me, like I kind of went down my my preferred starting lineup. It would be having Merrifield at second, and then the outfield would either, depending on if you if you resign JT, your outfield for me would look like uh, Yoshida, Duran, Abreu, and assuming you get rid of uh, Verdugo, which you should do. Mm-hmm. Or if you resign Duvall, it would be uh, Duran, Rafaela, Duvall. Okay, would be my preferred. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Again, we're not GMs, but this is what we would do. So yeah, hopefully it's it's because we see something similar and then we can say that we're smart. <laughs> yeah, because my my lineup is Duran le- center, Merrifield second, Devers at third, Hoskins DH in, Cassis at first, Yoshi in left, Story at short, Abreu in right, and Connor Wong behind the plate. The bench pretty much is the same as it was this year. But you're, now your starters are Yamamoto, George Kirby, Brian Bale, Chris Sale, or Marco Gonzalez when Chris Sale, unfortunately, but inevitably Always. gets hurt. And <laughs> Poor guy. Cutter Crawford, who probably is fighting it out with Marco for that fifth spot. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Well, do we want to move to, uh, to some Celtics? Yeah, let's Celtics talk. stuff? You can't see it, but we are both wearing Celtics shirts right now. Let's talk Celtics. Let's talk ball. So, 
Celtics preseason uh, finishing up. They're playing what Thursday is the first game. I believe, I believe so. Yes, uh, Thursday the twenty yeah, fifth. Yeah. Right. Yep. Thursday is the first game. Um, we're playing the Knicks. We've had an amazing off season, a better preseason. Oh my god, dude! I, I am so excited. This, for this is year. this has been. You know, I'm not even gonna say it because last time I was this excited, I think you and I were getting Subway. Oh my god! Freshman yes. year in college, and I, and I got a text from my roommate. Gordon Hayward just broke his ankle, and I we I texted like, right. I texted him back like oh like did someone cross him up, and that he said no his his angles or his ankle snapped snapped in half. In half. <laughs> yep, and I I don't even think I think we just grabbed our subway. We didn't even talk. We just ran back to our room because we had the game on. Yeah, and yeah, that was yeah. rough. That was the last time I had season opener. opener. Yeah, well, well, no, twenty two, but. We say that as if the Celtics have been a poverty franchise ever no, since. They've been good. They've been honestly one of the biggest sources of my happiness recently. With the Red Sox <laughs> sucking. Um, yeah, I mean, they look really good. I mean, mm-hmm. signing Kristaps or trading for Kristaps was a really great move. Um, and I, then, like, you let go of Marcus Smart in that trade and then instantly bring in Drew Holiday. It's like you just got better. I was going to ask, how do you feel about those two moves? Because oh. in, in the process, we trade two Celtics, like the heartbeats of the Celtics and yeah, Marcus look, Smart and Rob Williams. Look, I mean, Kristaps, I think, is a game, was a game changer when we acquired him. Absolutely. That was a big move. Without seeing it how sucked. it looked, how good in the preseason. Right. And it, and it sucked seeing Smart go, especially with, like, all of the stuff that was surrounding that trade. Mm-hmm. Like, we tried to get rid of, of Brogdon first mm-hmm. and then pivoted to Smart. And it was this whole thing. Um, Although, I think they said that, like... They were always going to Bro- trade They smart. were always going to trade Smart. But I I have a hard time actually believing that because of the timing of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, there that backcourt was very it was getting very much congested yeah and that i will give brad stevens so much props because it would have been so easy to just do kind of just do nothing you were mm-hmm. honest uh jason tatum like ankle sprain away from maybe playing the, the nuggets in the finals yeah yeah, I mean he's got some he's got some cojones. Yeah, he's got sure. some stones on him. That's the and that's what I I think like you need a GM like Brad to run the Red Sox because he's going to go out there and make moves and well, doesn't matter what it is what it's going to be like. Fuck them, who it fuck is. them picks. He will trade them all. Right. Well, right. It, it doesn't and it doesn't matter who it is he's trading on the team. Like. If if it's gonna make the team better, it's happening, and he's shown that time and again. And, and it, every it time helps the, have an, the Celtics have gotten better. It helps have an owner like Wick, who's just like, "I'll pay that fucking tax. We are winning a championship, if, yeah. unless it kills me. Even if it kills me, yeah. at at John Henry. <laughs> yeah, if he wants to fucking Anyways, show up. We're talking. To, we're we're talking about the the Celtics now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, so you get rid of Smart. Fine, mm-hmm. it had to be done. And I was I was ready to go into the season with Brogdon and Derek White, yeah. Especially after the the down year from from Smart, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's like, hey, Brogdon's gone. Well, and we got better Marcus Smart. <laughs> well, because we got it. 
Did you ever think the Celtics were in the Dame market? No, not yeah, me neither. I know it kept getting floated like, oh, Celtics now have like the second best odds to trade for Damian Lillard. They would have had to have given Honestly, up way too much. Yeah. It would have been pretty much like the entire bench, mm-hmm. including it would have been, had to have been like at least Rob, probably Derek White, maybe Brogdon as well. You would have had to give up a lot. Yeah. It just wouldn't have been worth it at that point. Like, you end up in a Lakers situation where, yeah, you've got AD and, and LeBron, but your bench is, you know, minimum vet men guys who yeah. can't play. It works for, like, a bubble run, but, like, right. in a real season, yeah, it it just isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, then yeah, they I pivot. Mean, it, yeah, oh, so then they pivot. They get they get Holiday, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm stoked about Drew Holiday. I Me mean, too. he is – he's – I've liked him for a long time, and I always thought he was a bit underrated. And then, really, on the Bucks, he started really coming into his own. And mm-hmm. he's older now too, which is great to have that veteran presence. That because he's a guy that will be. He's won a championship. He's cool. He's calm. He's collected. He can play under pressure. He's a mm-hmm. good ball handler. He's a good decision maker. He is a true point guard. Yes, right. He is a true point guard who can also play probably the best defense in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Not to shit on Smart while he's like out the door, but like even when uh, he Smart won his deploy, people were saying, "Yeah, but like, was he really the best guard defender?" Even I, I think he well deserved it. But right. yeah, Drew Absolutely. is I mean, like, yeah, to even have that conversation is like a testament to how good of an on ball like, defender Drew is. Yeah, and and you know to to Smart's credit too, he. He was a phenomenal defender. I mean, One through he was five. the heart and soul of this team. And, he, yeah, like you said, it didn't matter who he was guarding. One through five. He is going to he, – he'll take you on. And I, I'm sad to be losing that because that was a lot of fun to watch. But at the same time, his, on the on the offensive end, I mean, we use, we would play Marcus Smartball sometimes. And it was like, holy shit, what are you doing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I think the identity of the team is still going to be – we're going to look for like a good three point shot first mm-hmm. amongst everything else. But you have like five guys now with Drew. They'll probably start. I do you think they'll start White or Al? I think they will. I think they'll start. They'll bring Al off the bench and start yeah. Derek White. I agree because I, I don't want double big. They don't, yeah. they don't need to play double big right now. Yeah. I mean, Jason Tatum's like, what, 6'7? He He's like 6'11. He grows every what? year. He does, doesn't he? Let's yeah. See. Um, but I think like having Kristaps, you can shoot the lights out. Having Drew, he's six eight. He's got a six eleven wingspan though. Yeah, but he was like six ten last year. Anyways, um, <laughs> everyone can shoot. Everyone can defend. Like Kristaps is a he's seven three, so he kind of has to be a good uh, shot blocker. But yeah. still, and from an offensive uh, point as well, the the heat zone that keeps fucking us up in the mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Now you have a big who can, no offense to Rob, but like take a mid range and hit it comfortably. Right, right. right. And how how do you feel about losing Rob in the trade? That it hurt because I love Rob, but like mm. now that more time has passed, it's like yeah. We get Rob for like what thirty games a year, 
I feel yeah, like. Yeah, and even then, it's like fifteen they're, minutes they're, a game. They're great games. Like I, I love watching Rob like just dunk on everyone, block three pointers, like no yeah. one else can, except now Wemby. But um, <laughs> that dude. <laughs> I like obviously health is going to be a big issue with like this entire lineup, as it is with every single other team in every yeah, single right. sport. Um. But I think it was like an upgrade. It it was an upgrade going from Kristaps, or going from Rob to Kristaps. I think it's undeniable that they got better. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. huge, huge upgrade. Um, and that that you know this whole conversation reminds me of of, of a little story that I, I went to Marshalls over the weekend. I went to Marshalls over the weekend, and I was just looking at the clothing, whatever. And usually at Marshalls they have like jerseys or you know sports uh sports like shirts and pants and stuff like that of of the local teams and so i was just browsing through and i noticed oh they got they got celtics jerseys oh this is cool i'm gonna look and see what they have and you know first off they had kemba i was like oh wow lovely that makes sense he hasn't been there in a while it's also whatever yeah it's marshall's and it's Marshalls, so they're going to have the guys who haven't really been there in a while. You know, they're not on the team anymore because they're discounted. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Romeo Langford. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and then I got to the back of the rack, and I saw six Marcus Smart jerseys. And I was like, oh, my heart. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> See, I, I have my own jersey story when it comes. I have notorious bad luck when it comes to jerseys. Oh, yeah, you do. If, if I get a jersey... Count your days. Like, you are done with this team. Count your days. My first ever jersey was Avery Bradley. Mm. Um, I think that, that summer when I got the jersey is when I think they traded him for Marcus Morris. Oof. So I was like, all right, well, that's gone. My next jersey was a certain... Certain little guy that's all close to our hearts, Isaiah Thomas, mm. traded <laughs> traded that like that next year. So I figured, oh, maybe I'll get the uh, the jersey of the guard who replaced him, Kyrie Irving. I mean, he said, I want them to hang my rafter from the jerseys. That they last, wanted to do that, what? <laughs> they hang, want to do what? Hang his jersey hey, from the rafters. He said, hang your hang my rafters from the jerseys. <laughs> Sometimes I just talk and like my brain is like three sentences ahead of where my mouth is. <laughs> it happens. Anyways, um, he yeah, he, I, he wanted to be here that first summer, so I was like, "This is a good investment." Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. Same. I also got a Kyrie jersey and then sold it. <laughs> no, see, I actually. I, I oh my god, that reminds me. Did you? Oh, did you do the I, duct tape? I, I, no, no, no. Oh, I, I tried to sell it. My dad had a booth at a local flea market, and we put it in there to sell, and someone stole it. <laughs> Honestly, good riddance. I was like, wow. <laughs> now, see, I, I was like, you know what? There's a new man in town who's, who jokingly was like, no, I'm going to be the reason no one wears 11 again. He, it has since changed his name, but I put the duct tape over the back, covered Irving, and I wrote Cantor. On the back of that jersey. Yep. And that lasted for, I think, a year. A season. <laughs> and, you know, I thought, you know what, let me, I'm tired of, like, cursing the Celtics. 
Let me let me just get like a random jersey of someone I like. I got a Donovan Mitchell Jazz jersey. <laughs> Where does he play now, Aaron? The Cavs. <laughs> and if there's somehow any Mavericks fans listening to this, I had a Luka jersey. He, you know, there's a lot of rumors. Oh, is he going to ask for a trade? Is he going to ask for a trade? I sold the jersey. So it's not, it's no longer the karma's out of my hands. The curse, the Connor curse. Yes. And even moving away from basketball, I had a Mookie Betts jersey. Eh. Gone. I had an Andrew Benintendi jersey. Gone. Eh. I had a Dustin Pedroia jersey. The year that uh, Machado destroyed his knee (laughs) yeah jesus stop buying jerseys you know what's funny too i had a graphic tee of alex verdugo this year and now we are happily shipping them off for oh my god dude like a pack of tops you might actually have a curse well i got scared because i got uh an energy's about to change uh the energy's about to shift shirt from uh jalen brown and again, it was kind of rumored this summer that maybe he's uh, not going to take the, the mega deal. Oh boy, yeah. Well, and we've been we've been venting on the Celtics. Let's wrap it up with uh, their win total is fifty four and a half. Do you think over? Yeah, over. Over smashing the over seventy. <laughs> Eighty one. I think they Eighty one and one lose to the Bobcats. The, the who? Anymore, but <laughs> the Sonics? <laughs> lose, lose the Charlotte. They're gonna lose like game eighty-two when like Jay Scrub has recovered from his ACL tear and he's yep. he drops thirty points. But I don't know. Like James Harden hit a a layup at the end to win it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they're good. I'm so excited they're, to watch gonna, them. Yeah, it's gonna be a good season. <laughs> On to not so good seasons. For who? Let's talk Patriots. For let's who? Talk Patriots. <laughs> let's 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 talk about the the nightmare that has been New England. Um, Tell me about it. What's been happening? Well, I don't I don't know what's happening. Well, they suck, Connor. <laughs> to, to put it frank, they're now two and five. Mm. Um, uh, before this past weekend, there was zero hope at the end of the tunnel. And uh, in their three-game losing streak, they had been outscored by their opponents by 73 points. <laughs> Didn't Mac have, like, six picks to zero touchdowns during this? Seven turnovers to zero, zero touchdowns in that span. Now, Aaron, I've, I've said I'm not, like, a huge football guy. That That's bad, right? You don't want that. Oh, yeah. No, that's – it's not good. It's not good. Um. A lot. There's like I, I'm sure as every New England sports fan knows, there's a lot of issues with this team. Mm-hmm. Mac has not played well. The coaching staff has not coached well. The O line has not performed well. The receivers can't get separation. The defense is hurt. You know, the, and the defense has been the only real bright spot. Mm-hmm. And like we had to trade for J.C. Jackson to come back because we were playing Sean Wade as our starting cornerback. And that man hasn't seen the field. <laughs> I like Sean Wade coming out of the lost. <laughs> we lost our two best defensive players in the same week 
in Judon and Christian Gonzalez. Gonzalez Both was are, good. Oh, he's real good yeah, too. And I, now he's gone for the season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a lot, but but somehow it's all okay. It's all okay. We're back, ladies well, and gentlemen. We're back. Even before <laughs> that. Mr. Belichick just signing secret mega extensions, yeah. not selling a soul until it's like heavily. It's being yeah, reported Rappaport. like maybe ooh maybe uh, this is the year that Kraft moves on from Belichick. Maybe nope. Belichick retires. No, Belichick behind the scenes signed like probably like the Nick Saban deal. Yeah, he's like you know, give me ten years. I want to go again. I want to we'll go, go for ten. E- more. Each year, I will be the highest paid coach. But, you know, there's and, – and coming up into this week too, and one of the points that we wrote down before this past weekend's game uh, was <laughs> just Mac Jones question mark and then tank for Caleb or May. Um, I think that's still on the table. I'm going to say honestly – I think that should be I, on the table. I think it could be on the table, but I think after seeing last week, you, do you get that sense of like he can still be that guy. You don't have to tank. Don't for, do it, especially after don't. how bad Caleb Williams has been playing against top five teams. Listen, as a Colts fan, I have Hope done you. this song and dance many times recently. You know, you should tank. You should just say, "Let the bottom fall out." And th- but then you get that you know Jeff Saturday somehow leads the uh, the team against the Raiders. It's like, oh. Jeff Saturday. Maybe, maybe the there's center. a chance. Yeah, coaching fucking high school, talking on ESPN, gets a call and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll be your head coach." Yep. Sometimes you just gotta let the bottom fall out. Because right now no, you got see. you got the sixth pick. Just keep losing, man. Get the top three. No, no. See, look. Don't let yourself there's- get to the Giants' position where it's like. Daniel Jones is worth forty million dollars a year. I would, I would just, I would shoot the Patriots if they paid back forty million a year. I would go over there myself, <laughs> sit down with Bill, and be like, "Dude, let's 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 no. go this way. Let's go this way." <laughs> but look, all right, I don't want to say it's copium, but don't do it. Well, I mean, you could do it. It's fine. There were a lot of issues that they have had that I have noted this season. And I have been one of the people who has defended Mac more than others because I, I still see it. I still think that there's good in there. And he showed it again this past weekend because the biggest thing is there's two things. One, they played Demario Douglas, who's Pop. insane. Mm-hmm. Pop Douglas is our best receiver by far. He's the only one with, like, juice. Right, he can get separation. He can create after the after the catch. He's really, really solid. And you pair him and Kendrick Bourne together, and that's a really good dynamic duo. Hmm. Bourne is good. He's solid. He can get solid. Catch. I I he, would not say it's good. It's probably like average. Well, it's better than we were. Well, with. yeah, it's better than like Devonte <laughs> Parker and Juju. Which Devonte needs to leave. <laughs> I I want him off the team. <laughs> it's so funny um, seeing. Uh, that they picked Juju over Jacoby Myers. And Jacoby Myers is one of three people in that uh, Vegas offense who gets the ball. Yeah. No, like, 
there there were a lot of awful. There was a lot of bad the past couple years. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year I think you they really messed up by stunting Max growth with Patricia and Joe Judge calling that offense. I mean that that was Why? probably top five worst decisions in NFL history to have a special teams and a defensive coordinator coordinator. and a defensive coordinator coach your offense. It isn't it so fun. <laughs> like as a fan, you're like, hey, that's a bad idea, and everyone's like. No, like, listen, they've been doing this for, like, 20, 30 years. Like, you got to trust them that this is going to work. And you're just like, mm, I don't think it's going to work. I, I don't think so. Shoot me, but I don't think a defensive coordinator is going to be a good offensive coordinator just because you ask him to. And what do you know? It didn't work. Yeah, literally. Like, some sometimes we just unknow things. But, um... So that that was like kind of big problem number one is like wide receivers and personnel choices in the off season, bringing in Juju, not signing uh, linemen. You know that's sort of signing, or not yeah. signing quality linemen because mm-hmm. they signed some, but it, but the problem really has been the O line, and we saw it on Sunday. They got Cole Strange back, who's a solid guard. Mm-hmm. You know, you play – Trent Brown is really good. David Andrews is really good. But, you know, we were playing on Wainu at guard. And that really – I mean, he's he's better. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have been calling for the Patriots for years to put on Wainu at right tackle. Was it that way and, where they started playing him? Yeah, that's where he was drafted to play. And he played well yeah. in his rookie year. And then they moved him to guard. And he was still good. But that was when they had people at right tackle. Who to play. Could play right tackle. You know, you could, you know, and and so the first few weeks of the, this season, he was playing his guard spot. This week, he they shifted him back to right tackle. Played C D Sow or however you pronounce his name um, at right guard, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, now their offensive line looks competent. They look good now. Yeah. You know, not only was Mac getting protection where he wasn't getting hit. Like, you look at the first five games of the season, he was getting hit too much. every time he dropped yeah. back. <laughs> he Way had about much. three quarters of a second to get the ball off before he hit someone in his face. And that's where a lot of the issues came in because Mac is the type of guy. He's not Mac is not the type of guy to be able to create outside of the pocket. He needs a pocket to be able to sit in there and make throws. And when he does, he's decisive, he's accurate, and he doesn't make mistakes. When mm-hmm. he gets to sit in the pocket, when he has to create, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Can't do it. It's not. He's not someone like Anthony Richardson. No, not at all. You know. Um. All right. All right. He's no um, Gardner Minshew. Just hey, taking hey, off. Gardner. Gardner's impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, I but mean, anyways. It, yeah. It helps <laughs> when you not... take him from like. You take the head coach, or you take the offensive coordinator who made him look like pretty good when Jalen Hurts was down. And you just bring him over. Yeah, we're just like hey, would have thought. <laughs> okay, um, but I'll tell you what, Mike Onwenu, one pressure all game, one pressure mm-hmm. on him. I mean, that's just phenomenal. They they he they were four quarterback hits and one sack in that game. And not only was Mac feeling it, but the running backs were feeling it. I mean, they were ripping off Zeke and Stevenson, who have both looked really bad this season, mm-hmm. were ripping off chunk gains, making big plays. So, who knows? I got. I can't. I can't. I can't help but but hope. 
at this point, if you can well, keep the O line healthy, it also helps that you're playing a Bills defense that has lost a lot of like its key contributors. And Josh were, Allen still, is also kind of a fraud. You didn't hear me. Josh say Allen that. is something else. And that that opening interception, man. Ooh, oh boy! But look, I got hope. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be Never surprised. Hope. I wouldn't be surprised if they started losing again. But I got hope. At least they showed me something. Yeah, it wasn't forty-eight to nothing or whatever it was that they lost to the. To Listen, the Saints. <laughs> as someone who has now underwent the tank, even even now that uh, Tony Rich is gone, mm-hmm. I am more than happy if they have good competitive losses. Like this game against the, the Browns. Oh, no, we lost on a last-second touchdown. It was a fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. And, like, everything else... Literally, the team looks so good, you could just say, hey, the refs called maybe the worst pass interference I've ever seen, and that's mm-hmm. the only reason the Browns got a chance to win it, and I'll take that as a success. You just got to yeah. embrace it. Don't talk yourself into mediocrity, to macriotity. Talking myself into it. But we'll yeah. look ahead to next week. Mm-hmm. Who they got? The Dolphins. <laughs> well, look, the Dolphins—they're hot and cold. Yeah, our defense, with all the injuries, we got guys coming back now. Our corners have looked. Did you know? Not a single receiver so far this season has had over 100 yards in a game against mm-hmm. the Patriots secondary. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. And we've—it's pl- not—we haven't been playing scrubs. AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs, Devonte uh, Smith. You know, all, uh, Devonte Adams. Uh, who else have we played? Garrett Wilson. I mean, mm-hmm. Granted, with Zach Wilson, but Garrett Wilson, um, Michael Thomas, who's kind of ghost of Michael Thomas now, but yeah, Olave, Chris Olave. None of those guys have hit 100 yards against the Patriots secondary. Listen, Belichick, kind of a bad talent evaluator, hell For of offense. a defensive coach. On offense. He can evaluate talent on defense. Yes. Cannot do it on offense. Yes. But that man will bring any scrub and make them an all-pro defensive player. And then as soon as they leave the Patriots, right to the trash. I think think on Twitter, he's uh, Boston Sports Gordo. He has like a graphic. It's Mm -hmm. like, you play well for the Patriots. You sign somewhere else for the bag. You suck. You get cut. You come end up on. You come back on the Patriots, and you look just as good as you did the first time. And it's happening again. J.C. Jackson, man, mm-hmm. cut Trent by the Brown. Chargers. Trent Brown, you know, <laughs> the the Chargers ate their the J.C. Jackson contract to send him back to New England, and in three games, he's allowed six catches. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, some witchcraft. I love but... it. I love it. The Bella Bellacraft. <laughs> All right, let's 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 move to the Bruins. We got That's... a little bit to talk about the Bruins. Yes. Um. So Bruins hot start five and zero. Oh. Yeah, killing it. Have you um, been able to watch any of these games? I haven't watched any of the games. One because I don't have Nesson. You don't. So I did. It, no. Is it blacked out? Do you not have cable? Are you? I don't have cable. <laughs> <laughs> I have YouTube TV. 
and Nessun is not on YouTube TV anymore. Oh, they took it off. And yeah. Oh, that's and good now to you, know. It's, it's either it's either Fubo, where you have to pay like seventy five bucks a month, because it's it's you have to buy the base level Fubo and then an extra package to get Nessun. And or you buy Nessun three sixty, which is thirty dollars a month, and I am not paying thirty dollars a month to watch Nessun. You don't want to line only. <laughs> You don't want to line Fenway Sports Group's pockets 30 bucks a month so they can not, not sign anyone? Yeah, so they can not spend it on Red Sox players. Um, no, but Bruins, really hot start. They look really, really good again mm-hmm. this year. There were questions about what was going to happen with you know some of their key players retiring. You know, Bergeron finally hung it up. Was it Bergeron and who else? Um, um, who else retired? Good God. Um, retired. While well, you look up the old. Uh, Krejci. Oh, David Krejci. Krejci. Yep. It was Bergeron and Krejci both announced, announced their retirements this season. So. Mm. Yeah. You know. But 5-0, and oh, they look really good. Pasta. Pasta. Four-game goal streak to start the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Don't give me hope again, guys, because you did it last year, and then you went oh, out the first God. round. <laughs> yeah, I remember sitting at a bar watching. I was on a date um, watching the, the Bruins. It was a back-and-forth game, and I just remember, like, I was trying to focus on the conversation, but then the Bruins would score, so I'd be like, let's go. And then two seconds later, was it the Panthers? Panthers scored. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let me just go back to this conversation. Yep. <laughs> um, and I guess also notable, Matt Poitras, the 19 I was I was going to say out with the go old ahead. and with the new. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, 19 years old, making us old farts look fucking pathetic in our chairs talking about him. Yep. yep. Yeah. Scoring two goals his, at 19. Yes, yeah, first two. In one game. <laughs> it's impressive asshole all right moving on <laughs> <Fuck him. laughs> um and then obviously none of the other major storylines for the bruins has been jake debrusque and continued issues with him mm-hmm. uh showed up late you know, to a team meeting right and then benched a healthy scratch yeah. yeah but uh, came back he's got some issues yeah i mean it i don't want to say it's like an alex verdugo situation where it's just like you gotta you can't show up late because that was one of Verdugo's things. Like he showed up late to the game and he got benched. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, from what I saw from DeBrusque, he kind of took it in stride and then came back, played a pretty good game the other day. The problem with DeBrusque is yes, he plays well on on the ice, mm-hmm. but he he's clashed with managers consistently, mm-hmm. and I and that was one of the reasons why they forced Bruce Cassidy out. Mm-hmm. And so, the, you know, he's they they've clashed with him, and then he's out. Now he's clashing with Montgomery, and it's just it's going to be a pattern with this guy. And if you you got to do something about it, because if he's going to continue to have issues, you got I mean, you got to make. At a decision. what point does the talent on the ice like not outweigh the issues that you have in the locker room mm-hmm. for a guy like that? Yeah, I mean. You got to hope that Marshan can just be 
on his fucking ass and just say, mm-hmm. just let him know that now that Bergeron's gone, he's got to step into more of that leadership role. Yeah, right. If he, if he's got to lick him, if he's got to give him a little nibble on the cheek, something, get him yep. to get him to show up on time, and not be a dickhead. Yep. Um. But yeah, I mean that's pretty much what we got for Bruins right now. Yeah, listen, we're we're gonna learn more. We're gonna watch we're more. I've, yeah. I I learned what points were. Um, oh, you're that far behind. Oh, I know. I know quite a bit about hockey. I just don't know about like current Bruins hockey. Yeah, no, I am. I am like this is baby's first experience with hockey. I like it. I yeah. Like it. Um. Um. Want to do some some studs and duds? Yeah, As let's we do it. it so one of the one of the uh, things that we want to do start doing um, as well every week is our studs and does of the week. Who's stood out in a good way? <laughs> Who stood out in a really bad way? Since this is the first time, I kind of went more general, not just from this yep. specific week, but yep. Oh, um, you want to lead it off? Uh, no, I'll I'll, yeah, I, I, you go. I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> it's like that of probably like, do you want to? It's a little dance we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. Um, so I'll start with the, We'll start with the studs. All mm-hmm. right. And mine has a certain theme here. So my studs of the week are going to be Mac Jones and Demario Douglas. Those are my two studs of the week. Uh, Mac Jones probably had his best game as a Patriot. Uh, 272 yards, two touchdowns, only uh, only five incompletions on the day and no picks. He was dis- like I said earlier. He was decisive. He was uh, aware in the pocket. He was quick and his decisions were good. He didn't try and force the ball anywhere. And Demario Douglas four caches, but every time he touched the ball, he looked like he was going to go eighty-five yards to the t- to the house. Mm-hmm. So, and he was making guys miss, and he was proving that you know you got. You, if you put him in there, you give him chances. He's gonna make. He's gonna do well for you. He's been a system QB, and guess the system showed out for once. Yes. Uh, who are your studs? So Poitras, you know, getting the two goals uh, in a young career. Peyton Pritchard, man, oh. averaging twenty-one points per game this preseason. Four over forty percent from three. He's got. I mean, the a lot has been made of the Celtics' depth now that they've traded away uh, Rob Brogdon, Smart, Pritchard. I I honestly believe that Pritchard is going to have a great year for him for himself. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not going to start. He's not going to steal minutes from Drew or from Derek White. But I think. I'm hoping that Missoula and a more experienced coaching staff around Missoula learn to trust him more so that they can put him into more minutes because mm-hmm. he can pass the ball, he can shoot lights out from anywhere, and he's got the confidence to pull up from the logo mm-hmm. and the skill to hit it. So those are my two studs. And just signed a $30 million extension in the offseason. I mean, seeing what some dudes are signing for now, steal. Yep. Um, now, onto the not-so-good. The duds of the week. Mm-hmm. And these are the guys who definitely need to step things up. 
And you don't want to be a repeat dud week in, week out on this podcast. We're I'll figure out something special to do for the 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 the, the, we, the repeat duds. Mm-hmm. Um, my first dud again, theme Patriots, uh, Devontae Parker. Uh, after not owning up to completely whiffing on a perfectly placed deep ball to potentially win that Raiders game, and just saying fingertips, man. What do you? What can you say when it was in his hands? <laughs> Um, he came out the next week and had one catch for eight yards. It was a complete non-factor in this game. And they won. So, you know. Uh, and my second dud of the week, and I, I feel bad for for talking about this this guy, but uh, Vidarian Lau. And I don't know if you know who that is. No. He is one of the linemen for the Patriots. And he was one of the bad linemen for the Patriots. Uh, last he, ever since he's had to play because of the injuries and stuff like that, he was playing the right tackle position that now is filled by Mike Unwenu. Mm-hmm. He came in. Uh, we'll just, I'll just talk about last week first. Um, multiple penalties. Uh, gave could not block a single soul. Didn't matter who it was. Literally was a free rusher whenever you rushed against this guy. Um, and on the final play of the game, after Parker missed that. Um, that that long ball, he completely whiffed on a block on Max Crosby, like went to go shove him and like tapped his shoulder, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Crosby got the uh, the sack for the safety. I, I did see that zone. clip going around. Yeesh. And <laughs> then and then this week against the Bills, was on the bench for the majority of the game, came in. <laughs> Came in for one play because Trent Brown went down with an injury, which I think he's fine. But had to come out. This guy came in for one play, uh, negated with a penalty, a big game play that two plays later led to a fumble by the Patriots and a turnover. <laughs> <laughs> one play. Not, not great, Bob. <laughs> nah. One, one play he came in. And so, uh, yeah, he's my dud of the week. Like, come on, dude. It's been every week with this guy. I mean, you look up his. Um, I'm going to look up his uh, pressure. Pressure. Uh, Lau. Let's see if I can actually pull stats for this guy. I don't even know if that's a thing. I mean, I've, it definitely exists. I don't, I don't know if you know where to find it. Stats. <laughs> stats. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, I just see. Games started. <laughs> well, uh, logs. Let's see. Uh, while you look, I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll hit my duds. So first off, I'm just gonna give my fantasy football team a big fat dud. Um, <laughs> specifically, because it's, it's not Boston sports related, but it's me related. Uh, my Chargers boys, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, the hell guys. <laughs> what was yeah. it? I think they had a combined uh, 13 points and half PPR. Not even 12.6. Nice. Uh, and I happened to lose, or he technically has C-Mac going, who has 0.2 points right now. I am currently losing by 9. So if they had done something, I would have maybe stood a better chance. 
And my big dud, and I'm sure I will get to clown on him some more, John Henry. Mm. Uh, for everything we were talking about, it came out a while ago to, like, uh, it, Sean McAdams again said in a report, like, um, their preliminary talks for the offseason, they did not even mention Shohei Otani, um, which that's just neg- uh, that's just ignorance, negligence, whatever. Mm-hmm. You you at least bring him up. It's it's the MVP. Yeah. Not often are you going to get the chance to sign in the MVP. Yep. And then it also came out in that same report that John Henry is still skittish about giving long-term deals out. Which, Jesus. if you had any thought that Bloom got scapegoated because he wasn't able to turn a team that he inherited that had nothing into like what the the Phillies are now or the Astros are, I guess would be the better example. Like it's it's John Henry's fault. It's John Henry's fault that I guess it's ownership too. But John Henry's the easiest one because he's the one who hides the most from like the public. It's their fault that they can't get anyone with like legit experience and and like it's not just experience because neil huntington has experience that levine has Mm -hmm. experience i want good experience i don't want the guy who's like with the pirates for the fucking the terrible years they had i want the dodgers guys i want sam fold i want brandon gomes no they don't want to come here yep so those are my two duds well Let's talk about Vidarian Lowe again for a second. So, <laughs> coming into this this week's game, um, he out of sixty four qualified tackles, he ranked sixty second in overall PFF grade, forty fifth in run blocking grade, dead last in pass blocking grade. He's allowed the most pressures and has the second lowest pass block efficiency rate. <laughs> I mean. This poor dude, man. He's not. He's not an NFL O lineman. I'm sorry. No. But what are you gonna do? There are duds. Hopefully, they um, do something better than what they did this week. All right. Uh, let's let's do um, some quick predictions for next week. Um, real quick. Red Sox. Nothing. I, well, okay. <laughs> I think. It's been too quiet. I think they're just going to announce like Eddie Romero as the new GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to get some some news there. Okay, that's my that's my prediction. Yep, Eddie Romero uh, or Craig Breslow. Celtics, they're gonna. How many games do they have? Just Let's one. Let's see. Celtics have. Um, they got Wednesday, Friday. They, Wednesday they play the Knicks. Friday they play the Heat. Monday they play the Wizards. Uh, three and zero. Yeah, Chris, I'm, gonna say I'm saying Kristaps is dropping twenty points a game. Ooh, okay. Um, Patriots next week playing the Dolphins. They don't give up seventy. Dub, Dub. pulling out the upset. Dub, two week in a, two weeks in a row. Don't do it to yourself. The hope is real, man. Um, and then Bruins playing uh, the Blackhawks tomorrow. Okay. Uh, when this comes out today. Um, then Thursday playing the the Ducks, Saturday playing the Red Wings, and then Monday playing the Panthers. 
Uh, I'm, I'm saying I don't f- maybe one loss in there. Three and one. Yeah, I'd say three and one. Yeah, I think that's a solid, solid predictions all around. I think I think um, Pasta will have said, four goal or four games. I'm saying two goals. Okay, bring him to that's get a- get to four points. How about that? Get a couple of assists we'll in there too. See. We'll see if we're right or wrong next week. We'll recap mm-hmm. that. Um, and so I'm gonna finish. Or do you want to do you want to finish the podcast, or do you want to do you want me to finish the podcast? And then Go for I'm thinking. It. All right, so you got the experience. Yes, I'm the, I'm the rookie, um, the the little rookie. Um, all right, so uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. This has been really fun. It's our inaugural episode, our of pilot Ship city. Yep, pilot. Um, you know, hopefully many more of this. That, so thank you for listening. You know, if you liked it, subscribe. Let us know uh, what you thought. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Share it. You know, all that fun stuff. So. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a follow. We, uh, on, give on, us a follow. Yeah, on social media. We're on Twitter mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be doing, for the most part, most Sundays, I will be live tweeting Patriots games on our Twitter. So mm-hmm. don't miss that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, at Ship yep. City. What is it? Ship City Pod? Ship I City Pod. I believe that's what it is. Yeah, at Ship City. Ship, Ship City. City. Yep. <laughs> at Ship oh, City no. Pod. <laughs> <laughs> Got to change the name already. <laughs> Shit. All right, we got to scrap this episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean. Hope you enjoy. So hope, hope you enjoy. And Connor, finish us off with the sports headline of the week. Dubai got a new baseball team. They drafted Bartolo Colon, D.D. Gregorius, Robinson Cano, and our fat friend, Paulo Sandoval. Let's go. Good night. <laughs> oh, and Ruzne Castillo. Good night, pal. <laughs>